Here we are, Matthew. Good to see you. Hey, good to see you. Greg's out today. Yeah, he is. What's he doing today? I don't know. Uh, Dreaming. We should call him live on the podcast. And see <laughs> Let's what call he's him doing. right now. All right. Maybe so. <laughs> maybe not. Good to see you today. Yeah, it's good. It's a good day. It was uh, a good We had day. a good, uh, good, good Sunday, good weekend, good Thursday. Uh, continue talking about bold moves. You know, yesterday was the largest regular attendance we've ever had. Which is crazy. Uh, when I say regular, I mean non-Easter, Christmas, or mm-hmm. special day, which was crazy. Man, we had a crowd in here yesterday. Yes, it was a, it was a good crowd. Like a, I liked the energy. It wasn't. I yeah, wasn't, I wasn't stressed out the whole time walking through the lobby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't an oppressive type crowd or anything. Right, yeah. But uh, it was really good, and uh, these things have balanced out really well with these new service times. It's balanced out so well. Yeah. It wasn't so crowded anybody had to cut a hole in the roof. Nobody. Oh, wow. Nice segue <laughs> See what I did there? to the message. Very good. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the uh, story in uh, Mark chapter 2 of uh, the these friends who brought their paralytic friend to Jesus. This guy was uh, unable to stand, unable to walk, at least. He could have been completely paralyzed. I don't know, but uh, they carried him on like a stretcher to Jesus and uh, cut a hole in the roof lowered him down, and Jesus forgave his sins and uh, healed him. You know, rise, take up your bed and walk. Really cool. It's one of those stories I've always thought was really cool and really crazy. Uh-huh. All this, like, from from that guy's perspective. No kidding, for real. <laughs> I, I just imagined him laying there on his back, terrified. <laughs> you imagine that. You, you're paralyzed. You can't move. You could be dropped, and all of a sudden they're lowering you down through the roof of a house wow yeah that was good well i love how you 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 dove into just what it looks like to be bold and and to be that friend Mm -hmm. those four friends and what it would look like for us to really take on that that type of boldness and Mm -hmm. um i love how you started just with the idea of this invitation of of really being bold in our invitation to people and unpacking how simple it really is to just just say, come and see. Um, and I really love that. I love that, just this idea of, that's what Jesus, he, Jesus just said, come and see. And then it, it. it took off after that. And the disciples started saying that as well. Come and see. I think yeah. it was Philip said it to Nathaniel, just come and see. Hmm. So true. And I, I say this a lot to people who are um, maybe not quite yet ready to make a decision for Jesus. Sometimes I'll say it in service. I've said it before out in public on the street, you know. Uh, we give an invitation for those who are ready to say yes, and then often I'll say, uh, if you're not ready to say yes, would you would you just say, Jesus, if you're real, show yourself to me. Mm. Could you just pray that prayer? And yeah. uh, I'd invite anybody listening who's on the fence about their faith and hasn't yet decided to say yes to Jesus to say, hey, Lord, if you're out there, I don't think there's anything disrespectful or or, or bad in any way about that. I think it's a it's a prayer of invitation. Jesus, show yourself to me. And I've seen him do that many times. Yeah. Many times he's made himself known to people. Yeah. No, I mean, he he shows up when when we're ready for him to show up. You know, like he's been there. At, you know, it's the scripture. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I'll come in. Like, So it's a chance to say, hey, let's see if you're really knocking. So I like that. I had a young lady come up yesterday after in between one of the services, and she said, I've just got to tell you this. She said uh, the other day um, we at the end, we just paused for a moment in the service. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I just was leading something, and we decided to pause and just listen to the Lord and what he was saying to us, something like that. 
And she said, my husband had wanted to take a job for a long, long time. He'd really wanted to, and I didn't want him to take that job. She was just not happy with the, uh, the, the job itself and was worried about it. She said, he'd just been praying about it, and I really knew he wanted to do it. And she said, we both were just standing there in silence, you know, while you prayed. And she said, I just felt the Holy Spirit nudge me and say it's time for him to take that job, and it's okay for mm-hmm. him to do so. So they didn't say anything, and they went home, and uh, later they talked about it. And uh, she said uh, to him, the Lord has spoken to me that it's okay for you to take that job. And uh, he said, that's what I was praying in that moment. <laughs> I was like, Lord, I really feel like I'm supposed to take this job. And uh, and I was just talking to her about how you believe in God and you trust in God, but there's just times he shows up, and there's no other explanation for that, that there is a God in heaven who yeah. is speaking to us by his spirit. So oftentimes it's just an invitation. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. When you were... I don't know if you mentioned this at every every service, but I remember one of the services that I was able to sit through. Um, you talked about, like, talking through that invitation, and you said, you know, there were some people that just happened to be in the right spot at the right yeah, time. Yeah. And I think you talked about the blind man that was just like, he's mm-hmm. sitting there and he saw, or he didn't see, he heard Jesus coming by. and um, and He did later. Through all that. Yeah, he, he saw him a little bit later. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Jesus was like, sure, I'll heal you. And he healed him, you know, yeah. um, because he was there. And I don't even know that this is really a point you were making, but it, that just kind of hit me, like, because th- then there was this other guy who had no way to get to Jesus, that he wasn't going to cross Jesus' path. Right. And if it wasn't for those four guys having that boldness to do something, like, that guy never gets anywhere near Jesus. Yeah. And to me, it really it hit me in a different way, and I've kind of been just pondering on it a little bit, like this idea that there are, there are some people that it's going to be really easy to go, hey, come and see. And then there are some people, and I think you even mentioned, like, that there, there are groups of people that we're not reaching at all, and that this year is going to be a year of you know trailblazing. Like we're going to figure out how to reach people we've never reached before. And I just really started thinking on that. Like there are people that they're not in any way connected to. Maybe they're not connected to me. Maybe they're not connected to somebody in church. Like they're so far outside of getting to Jesus. Like I think there has to be a bold move to get to him. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense, and I think it's a key point that we were trying to make yesterday. I think God was impressing that on our hearts, that there are people out there so far from God that have no Sunday school that I grew up with, or maybe you did. They don't have any church training. They have no uh, point of reference for faith at all. You know, If they do, it might be negative. They may have had a church experience or a so-called Christian experience that was left mm-hmm. them yeah. offended and hurt and bitter, you know. Um, but they're they're so far from God that that it takes boldness to reach them. It really does. You know, this guy. Somebody asked me in between services yesterday, "Why did Jesus say your sins are forgiven and then heal him?" And I said, "This I really do believe." And we didn't have time to get into all this yesterday, but I really do believe this guy had a sinful past, and I believe Jesus saw through the moment as to what was really on his heart in that moment that he needed forgiveness before he needed physical healing, and that's. Mm-hmm. Often true, you know. I'm not trying to say, and I don't think the Bible teaches that every sickness is the result of an individual's sin, that every time I'm sick it's because I've sinned. I don't believe that's the case. I believe, generally speaking, sickness entered the world uh, when we open ourselves to sin. You know, I think that on a broad level, yes. But um, Jesus saw past the man's physical need to a deeper need. You know, we talked a few months ago about the woman with the issue of blood. She was bleeding. And she touched Jesus' garment and was immediately healed. 
but Jesus also, after the, she was physically healed, Jesus called her daughter. Mm. And I think there was a much deeper healing that took place in her spirit and her soul in that yeah. moment. He, he welcomed her in, who had, the one who had been outcast because of her condition. So a lot was going on. Yeah. Well, but, even in that, you wonder, does is that guy being lowered before Jesus, is he thinking, I don't deserve this? And Jesus goes, no, I'm, I'm going to make it to where you do deserve it. That seemed to be a reaction of many times when people met Jesus and he touched them that they didn't deserve him. I, I remember Simon Peter, the disciple, said, Jesus, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. He's like, you know, I don't even deserve to be in your presence, much less your disciple. I think it's pretty common when Jesus shows up and grants his mercy, we're, we feel that way that we don't deserve it. I think uh, we need to remember that, too, when we're trying to reach other people that are far from God, that we are sinners without Jesus. Mm. Without Jesus, we're just sinners. Without Jesus, whoever that person is, you could be that person. You could be in that person's shoes. You know. So I think it's important to recognize that we need to reach those. And another thing that struck me about this story, and we didn't get into it a lot yesterday. I may have said it in one or two services. This was the first recorded organized opposition to Jesus by the religious mm-hmm. leaders. You don't see it in the Mark story. By the way, the story's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, so it's re- repeated three times, and each of them adds their own details. Luke, in his passage, I think it's Luke 5, he, he says that the religious leaders came from all over. There were Pharisees from many different cities there at the time, and it gives the appearance that they had organized this to go and kind of spy out Jesus and see what was going on. And as soon as he said to this man, your sins are forgiven, they began to judge him. Hmm. And you can sort of understand that because no man had ever said before, your sins are forgiven. And that's a logical question. Who has power on earth to forgive sins? But he read their minds and answered the question, you know. But the thing to, I think the thing we need to understand is that when we reach out boldly, to invite people, we're going to have some critics. Yeah. You know, I've seen it happen with Christians who reach beyond the norms of people we're supposed to reach, you know, according right, to some yeah. people, and they do have to deal with some criticism. So I wanted to prepare upward yesterday for as we enter into the take these bold steps, there will be the critics. Yeah. Would you say, would you say if you don't have critics, maybe you're not, uh, reaching hard enough? I don't know the right way to phrase that question. Well, there is a verse that says, beware when everyone's speaking well of you. Mm. You know, when you don't have critics, I would dare say you're not being bold enough. Yeah. That's hard to say, but I think aim for at least one critic. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You don't have to aim for (laughs) it. You really don't. If you do much of anything, you're going to attract somebody. I just think we have to be willing to pay that price. We have to be willing to be criticized to reach people for Jesus, you know. Mm. And we're going to get messy people and people who have all kinds of challenges. We already do. We have people who have challenges. We have people who start following Jesus and then fail and fall and make another mess. And uh, you have uh, spiritual babies sometimes who are just young in their faith, and they're going to make some messes. They're going to have some accidents. Uh, sometimes you get criticized for that, but we're not here to build a church full of perfect saints in a museum here. That we can say how great we all are. We're here to reach people who are who are lost. Yeah.
Oh, that's good. And then talking about that, I mean, we talked about the invitation mm-hmm. and then about being innovative. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's usually where the critics come. Cause when you're in, I think you even talked about one of the points there about being in the box and then thinking outside of the box. Yeah. That if we're really going to be innovative, it requires us to get outside of yeah. that box, so to speak, that we kind of get ourselves stuck in. Maybe that's the routine or tradition or. I went back to the year 2000 yesterday and just talked about a, a church. You know, when I came here in 1997, we had about 80, 100 people coming. Great people, uh, wonderful congregation, loved me and loved them. They just lost their pastor. He'd had a heart attack uh, like six months before I came and passed away really suddenly. So it was a traumatic experience. So they loved us and cared for us. We really started growing, you know, in the first few years and younger families were coming in, new people coming in. We didn't know what to do. And we said, uh, you know, I presented the idea we can go to multiple services. And that was a big deal because you start thinking on a church level, there's so many churches out there that have one service that really start growing. And they ought to add one, in my opinion. I'm a big proponent of that. Uh, It's rather than build a building, add a service, you know. I don't know that I'm reaching pastors here, but if I am, I hope they'll listen. Uh, But it was so hard because it was like, well, we won't know everybody. You know, I won't know everything that's going on. And the truth is, when you're growing, you stop knowing everybody pretty quickly. Once you get 60, 100 people, you can't know all them, you know. Only so much capacity. And the church changes and things change. I'm just so thankful that we had a group of people then and still do who were willing to do what it took Hmm. to reach people for Jesus Christ. I remember a time uh, many years ago, we were having a very difficult board meeting and uh, some people had left the church and there were tears in the meeting and it was just a, it was one of those really difficult moments and I'll never forget, um, I felt, we prayed and I felt the Lord impress on my heart and he said, you're contending now for the souls that are gonna come to Christ in the future. And I think of that a lot, you know, when I'm here now and we've got all these people coming and all these young families and all these people in, I think, you know, the battle that day was to get through and get to what we're experiencing now. And yeah. it's so true. And, and the battles we face today is for the future of, yeah. of the work, you know. Yeah, which I think is hard in our culture. I think it gets harder and harder because we're so instant gratification, like to think, okay, I'm going to do this right now so that, Maybe even, you know, the person coming after me can have a victory. Absolutely. That's a hard thing to latch on to. you got to plant the seed in the field and, and then give it time to come up. Yeah. And we planted a lot of good seed that hasn't necessarily sprung up yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, yeah. I think about that. But uh, innovation is so important. And churches are notorious for not wanting to change because sometimes methods come to be seen as holy and mm. godly certain methods of doing things when it's the message and the mission of Christ that are the main thing that's working that are the unchanging things yeah. the methods though i can't remember who said but they said uh marry your mission and mm. date your methods you that's know, good stay married to the mission and the message the methods can change and these guys did that. I love it. Couldn't get in the door. Going to make a door in the roof. I still think there could have been some better ways to do that. <laughs> Might not have been the best way, but... Sometimes the crazy ideas got to win. And it did work. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's good to be with you, Matthew. Appreciate you and uh, everybody listening and being a part of this great work God's doing.
Yeah. We will see you next time. See you.